This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, comic book fans? Welcome back to another issue of Comictating. As always, my partner Sebastian joins me this week to discuss the latest books that are coming out for the week of November 16th. Uh, we'll be discussing a couple of number ones, and we're going to hit on some number twos of books that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. There's not a lot of new releases this week, uh, but we are getting close to the Thanksgiving holiday. One more week and a day. Xmas. Next, well, we're not thinking about Christmas yet. You can't think about Christmas until Thanksgiving. I'm one of those. That's I know I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'm not a I'm not a I love Christmas, Christmas. I love Christmas because Christmas was a season and it yes. was a month. You know, you after Thanksgiving you had the day off from school. You had the second day after like four days off from school, and then you got into Christmas mode and you had a whole month of, you know, time to be with family and fun and frolicking and all of I use the word frolicking. I don't know why. And all that jazz. And now it's like, here's two and a half months of it. And I'm like, no, just let right. it, you know, it's kind of, you get to the point where it's December 10th and you're like, I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. Stop. Oh, yeah. Uh, Costco had their uh, Christmas decorations al- up alongside the Thanksgiving and Halloween stuff. And that was kind of like, whoa, come on, slow down. When guys. I worked for Kohl's, it started early too, because the back row would be their, um, their like village stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like the Target started lights village. really early when I worked for Target, but that was because the professional decorating crews used to come in and buy all the lights in, in October. Advance. Yeah, early late September, early October to get everything as quickly as possible as we usually used to run out of whatever the hot one was for that year when i remember yeah. when icicle lights first started to be really really hot yeah, which... we were done by november 1st because those crews would come in and buy baskets of icicle lights uh in you know early september so but of course there's another holiday this week saturday november 19th is local comic shop day yeah it is a celebration of your local comic shop the small businesses that bring you the books that you love uh this year there's some exclusive items that come out i know there's uh there's claws has a special hardcover that's a limited edition black mask is doing god killer there's a couple of issues that have uh exclusive covers on them there's a rick and morty treasury edition again this year like there was last year this is right. a, a re-representation of one of the earlier issues dc's released a special hardcover edition of the dc universe rebirth special Nice oh, thick hardcover, nice. yeah. It's got a cool uh, sketch cover on it, and um, Godkiller also put out a record. Oh, one of the secret they? items for it. Yeah, it was very interesting. I like that type of thing. Is it an, an album, like a like a vinyl album? Yeah, yeah. It's a oh, vinyl nice. album uh, that's coming out, and um, there's also the Lion Cat statue in the black and white from the saga. Oh, cool. And a cool. uh, special edition of Killer Frost from the DC Bombshells oh, that'll nice. be available. So. Uh, our sponsors, Earth 2, both of our stores are having a sale that day. It's, it's kind of replacing our Black Friday sale. Okay. That'll be the one where we have discounts on uh, on on most of the items in the store. You'll be able to come in and stock up on your favorite trades, back issues, variants, uh, toys, statues, stuff like that. Everything will have some sort of discount. We'll have some deep discounts on some cool trades and pops and stuff like that. And we'll be selling the LCSD items. Um, so, yeah, that'll be our, our big day. Uh, it's a day to go out, and if you, you go into a local comic shop, go on Saturday and, and check out those items. They're only available that day. Uh, or I guess they're starting to be available that day, and then they'll be out a little bit after that as well. 
Uh, this is the second year that they're doing this, and it's a cool idea. I, I appreciate it. It's a sort of a way, sort of like Free Comic Book Day, but uh, a little bit different, where it's like a special, it's you a know, special limited edition items, stuff. Limited it's, a, it's it's based off of a record store day. That's really okay. I think where the idea came from. You know, to go to your local record store when yeah, you know, they independent yeah, independent record store yeah they had special albums that that bands were releasing and stuff like that yeah that would be either special singles or special covers or vinyl editions of CDs that had never existed before you know oh, a band yeah. that had that reissued their old thing and that was the day for it so this is in that same spirit to go and support your local comic shop yeah with nice exclusive items yeah. and I do recall uh I do recall when that first started out it was very very small it was more like a just yeah. hey come on in check us out you know, uh, maybe some discounts on things here and there, but now it's actually a nicely supported day, which yeah. makes me very happy because I love the idea of having special hardcovers you can purchase just for the day. Special, the vinyl album is just incredibly cool. Yeah, there's some cool, and and I think that's where it's trending too, as as uh, companies start to experiment with it. I mean, this is the same thing that happened with Free Comic Book Day when it first right. started. It was just, well, here's a reissue of a book from a year ago, and then companies and retailers started demanding those companies to make new product or product that ties into their next event or something marvel's been great about having a zero issue that ties into whatever summer event they're going to do civil right. war secret wars original sin whatever they're doing is as they've got a, a, a zero issue that comes out on free comic book day and then there's something uh, you know cap or thor or iron man whatever movies usually coming out that yeah. year guardians there's there's something there and it's new material which is great dc did this two years ago with their their um new 52 when they were kind of they were doing it at the time when Batman was gone and Superman kind of was changing and they had a, a cool uh, one that had the Trinity. There was a story for Batman and, and Superman and Wonder Woman. So whenever there's new material there. So that's what Le local comic shop day is starting to get there. Again, it's in its infancy, but uh, we're seeing like things grow. More, more of you guys, more of you fans that go into those shops, that leads the shops to demand the companies, the producers, to produce the type of product that you guys are looking for, the exclusive that you're looking for, the fun one-off items that you're looking for. You know, somewhere down the road, there may be exclusive pops that day. There may be exclusive dorbs, hero clicks. Um, they've done hero clips for Free Comic Book Day, but this would be a great day to do it as well. And of course, varying issues and hardcovers and stuff like that. So that's this Saturday, November nineteenth, local comic shop day. Wherever you are in the country, stop by your local comic shop on Saturday. Give them some support. Let them know that you care and that you are excited to have them bring you issues like new number one this week for Marvel, Thanos number one, Jeff Lemire, Mike Diodato uh, doing the art, Jeff Lemire doing the writing. The Mad Titan is back. He has been in uh, Ultimates for a little while. He plays a part in the beginning of uh, Civil War II. And Thanos is back and in a little bit. This, I mean, it's different. It doesn't play, doesn't play, take place on Earth. It, it is, is in uh, the depths of space. Yeah. The depths of space. It's a cosmic book. Um, I've always liked Diodato's art, especially for this type of book. Uh, it's a lot of. It's heavy lined. It's heavy black. It's very contrasting. Um, so I think a space kind of book. This this um, black quadrant citadel that's here right on the first page is a nice design piece. Uh, you have Corvus Glaive, which was a part of uh, or Glaive Glaive Glaive. I, I no, we'll said Glaive. We'll say Glaive. Uh, he was one of the minions of uh, Thanos during Infinity. Yep. And um, he's here. He's kind of taken th control of Thanos's. Uh, I don't want to say stock, but his 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 uh, he, a small sector of space. Yeah. that Thanos had abandoned at one point. Yeah, pretty much. In, in terms of Infinity, um, you know, Thanos towards the end there is is defeated, and so 
he's not able to control this th this part of space so Corvus has taken it over and he doesn't hold on to it for long as Thanos returns which of course is the the title of the book <laughs> so no spoilers the there giant splash page. Uh, yeah Thanos returns and then we get into into um uh, Star Fox is in it we've got a bounty hunter not the who Nintendo is character. yeah not the Nintendo character uh, Thanos's brother, really, um, another member of the the demigods that uh, came from Titan, that are quite powerful in the Marvel universe. And then we get uh, the Champion, a bounty hunter who I have never seen before, so I may be ignorant in that he has exist, but um, he's not Lobo. Not Lobo. We'll just we'll call well, him Ginger not Lobo. Lobo but yeah, not Lobo. Ginger Lobo. I guess we call him Ginger Lobo. But again, I mean, a little. He's he's a little more. Um, uh, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a little more elegant than Lobo, I guess. Yes, uh, he. he I mean, he's English. a classic character, but they've updated his design a little bit. He was created by Tom. Ah, uh, Champion of the Universe. Yes. Okay, there it is. Yeah, he first appeared in Marvel Two and One Annual Number Seven from 1982. Uh, okay, thank so. goodness for the internet, so we can give you guys yeah. nice. I wonder what you were typing. I'm like, here. what are we doing here? But yeah, uh, but yeah, not a character I'm familiar with. A uh, character I'm familiar with, but his design is changed they yeah. he used to have like a bluish skin kind of looked a little bit like a like a genie uh, without the like the ghost legs but now he looks like a like a ginger lobo they're giving him that scratchy very line very heavy lined art hair they give him a more updated design to go along with thanos yeah it's uh he definitely didn't look at the picture that she sent me there um no no, he, he he has changed. But yeah, and I think some of the design sense is really just the way that Diodato designs his characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, with that kind of stringy, like piece through, you know, his hair yeah, is kind of explosion. the hair is very wispy, wispy, yeah, porcupiney. No. If, you, if you go to look up the images of the original character, he does kind of look like so like speaks a the champion. He's that's, got blue that's skin. not a great pose. He's got blue skin. Yeah. He's got uh, red. He still pants. has a blue skin here. Blue, I don't know about a blue shirt. Uh. The blue shirt on the metallic like collar that. and yeah. stuff like that. So. But no, I mean, it's still pretty cool. He picks up Star Fox because they're headed back to, to, to confront Thanos. Um, and uh, he's. Um, uh, Thane is in it. Thane is Thanos' son, yes. introduced in the Infinity Not series. Not Sinestro. Not Sinestro. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, so many of those characters were purple anyway. Yes, but so. uh, but he specific. it was one of those things where I was like, is that Thane? But he has a black and yellow costume that kind of looks like the Sinestro Corps suit. A uh, little bit, yeah. Just a tad. Just Unless a tad. It's, it's, it's an homage. It is. It yeah. Um, but I I, it, I I like Jeff Lemire. Um, I've liked all of Jeff Lemire's stuff for, for Marvel. I was a big fan of his Hawkeye when he took over after Fraction. It was great. There's a story, and he's been doing well in the X-Universe, so... He's continuing to do good work for Marvel. Uh, like I said, I, I love Diodato's art, especially I, for this kind of book. Uh, you know, he's did he's done Dark Avengers, which was really good because as a dark book, this dark style really fit. It did um, as a dark character like Thanos and the 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 forces that are will be rallied against him to try and defeat him once and for all. Um, I did like that. It's it's kind of his book. It doesn't really have anything to do with Civil War, Civil War Two that we're going through. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on on Earth. He's had his time with the Ultimates. He gets to do a battle early in the Civil War story, but it's not about Thanos. Right. Um, and he disappears from there. And it's pretty now, con inconsequential to yeah, everything else going on. Yeah, it kind, of it kind of sets it off in order to, uh, if you're reading Civil War, you know what happens. You know, there's a character that gets uh, gravely injured because they're fighting Thanos. Um, so bringing him 
away from all of that and putting them definitely starting as a cosmic piece uh as uh, i mean really even as as guardians for it looks like going forward we're going to be stuck on earth right um, for, for some time for some time this is now like the cosmic book we've got yeah. star fox we've got champion we've got thanos we've got thane uh who's on titan at the moment so i'm excited to see where this goes because i always like these kind of comic books right uh, cosmic books Co- i like these kind of comic books too that are cosmic books um it's fun to kind of take you away from everything that you know and put you into another spot yeah. Uh, in in the galaxy. Yeah, there's a one of my favorite scenes in the book is Thanos arrives to confront Glaive, but it's panel after panel of just really really well executed Thanos kicking butt yeah. for the most part. It's just him, you know, soldiers show up like, "Hey, who are you?" trying to stop him and he just plows right past them and it's just really really well done, really well constructed. Thanos is a badass in this book. It is very much appreciated to see him not being super grandiose. But just, you know, hey, if... Uh, yeah, his dialogue was good. His dialogue was really good, but it that had that attitude of, like, well, if uh, you can't trust other people to do it, time to do it yourself. Yeah. And he's just, like, no. And we've seen that in the cinematic universe. Yes. It's kind of interesting this came out this week. Uh, last weekend, I made the mistake of trying to um, consolidate the two storage places that, that I currently have for all of the crap that myself and my family has accumulated. And uh, I was going through trades, and I found my Silver Surfer hardcover, which was Thanos kind of like his first reintroduction to silver surfer um it leads into the infinity infinity gauntlet down the line and reading his dialogue there sort of the same thing it's just presenting himself as i am who i am and i am this power and no one can stand against yeah. me and not in a way of like oh, i'm the greatest it's just like there's nothing you know you are all but gnats to me as a as a near god so done well here like we said so thanos number one a good start to a cosmic story the other number one we're going to talk about this week is from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, Dark Horse Comics still exists. Um, uh, Ether number one, Matt Kint and David Rubin. Kint has done a number of titles that people have uh, fallen in love with. Uh, one of my favorites, Revolver. And he's also done um, Mind Management for Dark Horse before. He's done Department H, which he's working on right now. Uh, he did a lot of stuff for DC, Frankenstein, Agent's Aid. He did some Suicide Squad issues. And then he's been heavily into Valiant uh, lately with Definity and the um, the Unity issues. Uh, how do we describe this book? I don't even know. It, it's, it, it's, it's Sherlock Holmes or a trans-dimensional Sherlock yeah, Holmes. That's a, is, oh, that's a good way to describe it. Is, I like that. Is what this book is. And I I dug it a lot. Very We both sort of set off the bat that a little bit wordy when we were first talking about the book, but I liked the world in it. I yeah. liked the... I didn't find it too wordy. I didn't find it as wordy as I think as you guys did, because I think I like I really like his... Uh, uh, our, our, our main character here. I like the main character. I like yeah. his partner. I like the, the, the almost Guillermo del Toro-esque world of just like, hey, little bizarre shops and yeah. weird creatures and almost... And I had a little bit of a Rick and Morty quality to some of the humor yeah there's there's that sort of sort of thing yeah to get into the world well. yeah he has boon, to be kicked boon in the butt. that's what it is boon Deus is is the character that you're following he's a scientist in this trans-dimensional world that he's been visiting over and over again as he says every time he goes there you know as many times as he gets there he can't get enough of it um he's a, he feels that he's addicted to it and there's so many mysteries and he's presented as a traveler just from the start and then as he goes there and he talks about research and in that type but you find that he's kind of become a uh, a celebrity in this world because he is so different than anybody else that's there in that being a scientist he's using 
facts and knowledge to solve mysteries, to, to do the research for it, uh, to discover what this world is all about. And the people within the world are still treat their world as magic. Um, what we would think is of magic as well, but he's trying to find the scientific explanation. The science, yeah, the science of the magic, the, yeah. the explanation of the magic. There's so. a there's a great moment where one of the vendors gives him a compass that has a bug inside of it, and all he has to do is whisper to the bug where he wants to go, and the bug will guide him in the direction that he needs. And he's like, "Oh, okay, interesting. They must have, uh, you know, he must be like birds where I'm from. They have like magnetite in their brains that give them." the navigational direction using the earth's magnetic fields so he he postulates that out loud but then he's like but it also needs to understand english or other languages so i kind of i kind of dug that for the people of the world it's all old hat to them they just like this is the way things work we don't know why magic and he's like no there's got to be more and i appreciate i appreciate that and then we get into a murder mystery Mm -hmm. and i love a good mystery as ralph dinby would say the elongated man (laughs) Um, yeah, our characters are, are, are fun and different. They're presented very matter, matter of fact though. Yeah. And, um, and more weirdness in it is just thrown at you right away. Yeah. He has to, he has to be kicked in the butt to get into the transdimensional world, which has a very Rick and Morty quality to it. Sort of the, the, the leveling of expectations like, okay, well, he's just going to walk through a portal, right? Nope. Or villain or arts villain possible villain is a librarian within the very system moriarty esque no it's very cool and the, the art is very jeff lemire-esque yeah and then yeah. at the end there's a there's a cool flashback that kind of puts you through it but i actually like this a lot more than i do when i flip through it i sort of like yeah i don't know about that art style i like jeff lemire as a writer i'm not as big a fan of his art but a lot of people are and i'll and i'll give them that um i didn't even look the back uh, the back issue has a or the back of the issue has a uh uh, an anatomy of the bloody screecher, which is this uh, bird, bird that you find inside of it. But reading it, I'm like, I was fascinated with that world, that dialogue, kind of like how he's presented. Um, yeah, I really like this. I like this more than I than I thought I would. It's definitely a book I think worth picking up. And it's a lot of fun where we're going next. As you said, it's presented as kind of a basic mystery, but the more fun of it is exploring this world, right? And the characters within this world, and the way that they react to this traveler who is greeted with. Um, he's an oddity himself. I, I really dig yeah. that. That he's that, again. You said he's so vastly different from everyone else there that it's like, oh my god, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a celebrity just by being so different from what everybody else sees. Yeah. The, in the I world. like the way he's presented between the two. It's very subtle when he gets back to to our Earth. The way yes. that he looks, it's much the the color palette is much um is much damper. Yeah. Uh, he looks much different, and we can see it. You know, in the panel work here. As the light kind of goes away, as he gets uh, put through the th- the portal to go back to Venice, Italy, in in our world, in our modern world, yeah, the, the way the he's... saturation is turned down, yeah, a lot. and he looks much dirtier. So, I really like. It. I think there's there's more to it. There's a lot that you can extrapolate from it in terms yes. of what Matt Kind's trying to say. Which is, uh, if you've read Revolver, that's all Revolver is. Revolver is a great story about how mundane our safe world is, but is it worth? Giving that up to live in a world, this flip world that he's in when every time he goes to sleep is a world that's on brink of world war. And, right. and you know, it's it's a craziness. But he's like, this is living you know, like every day. I'm fighting for my own survival and the type of relationships I have actually mean something. Because yeah. if I'm not good to these people, they're going to kill me. Um, highly recommend Revolver if you if you have never read it. It's a fa- it's a brilliant piece of comic book 
uh, comic book artistry uh, through and through. So that's Ether number one, Dark Horse Comics. Those are the number ones we have for the week. So we're going to hit some number twos, some second issues of some stuff that we've covered the first. We'll probably go through these real quick. Uh, I want to start with Cave Carson and the Cybernetic Eye as one of the few young animal books, along with Mother Panic, that I enjoyed in terms of the number ones. Um, Shade and, and Doom Patrol were, I think, I'm just too dumb to, to get through them. But Cave Carson, I really enjoyed the first one, and I really enjoy the second one as we start to get into more of the 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 mystery, the action. Um, the action in this book is fantastic. If you read number one, uh, if you haven't read number one, you don't want to listen to the next five seconds. I'm going to say if you read number one, we know at the end we get the DC character Wild Dog. Yep. In the end, there's a brilliant, uh, fun, crazy action sequence as Cave is looking for him to help him save his daughter. His daughter has come under attack from this terrible corporation that he's been a part of. Um, uh, Michael Oming's art is fantastic. We also see how he gets his eye, uh, his cybernetic eye. So that's cool. Michael Oming's art is fantastic. You enjoy this panel work. This yes, piece there's, of, a, uh, there's a great piece of panel work here where there's a shootout on a freeway. Uh, and that's not the part of the panel work that's amazing. It's the aftermath yeah. that is done really well. And I love really, really unique panel use. Yeah. And I think that was incredibly... Imagine in terms of this versus the first one, I mean, you're not really trying to figure out as much of what's going on. It's 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 just a roller coaster ride. It's a very yeah. action heavy book, and you know, Oming has he did powers for so many years, so he's done superhero action and in and, and action action, you know, guns and bullets and explosions and stuff. I really like this issue. It's a lot of fun. I blew through this a lot quicker than the last one, um, in a good way. I mean, it yes. was just like you can't wait to get to the to to the next panel, the next page. Um, She's a badass too. His, yeah, the, the story. Yeah, great. his daughter is really cool. The story comes together nicely in this, especially after the introduction to a lot of older characters from the yeah. first one. It's like, all right, let's let's just jump right into the story. You know, mysterious dealings, business dealings. Yeah. You know, masked henchmen is all in there, and it's very, cool. very enjoyable. Yeah, Cave Carson number two. We really enjoyed it. It's a good, uh, like I said, probably better than the first one, uh, in my eyes. Reborn number two, Mark Miller and Greg Capullo's book. Uh, we both really loved number one. This is our fantasy book. When you when you pass away on, on our earth, you go to this fantasy world. People that you know and love are there. Uh, and we're introduced to kind of the the, the the behind the scenes, I guess, or the, the machinations of what happened in the first one, that there is a dark land and there's a dark lord that's headed towards and trying to, to destroy this land where our hero, heroine has showed up. She's met his, her father. Um, and they're trying to find other uh, characters, especially her mother. Um, they can't be able to find her, so that's a part of the story. They're going to go find her. Um, this uh, the the world building in this, just trying to to see this, was just as enjoyable as the first one, which had the action through it. We get the same character beats that we got in the first one as we got before she passes away, as we see her and these characters around her, and we see the type of person she is and the type of people that were around her, and then we're here now, and here we get her character in relation to characters that have died in her life, people who have died in her life and have gone to this world right. as she's going through. It's gorgeous again. Capullo's design sense for this type of fantasy stuff is amazing. Um, it's just so clean and pretty and gorgeous. And then the end, we get an awesome cat that I'm not going to ruin. I'm not going to ruin my favorite line in the whole book. It's just been really good. So again, another book that helps set it up that, She's the chosen one that she's going to go and take on the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord is worried about her being there. 
but she decides to sidetrack and figure out where her mom is. Her mom has not been found. Her father has not found her. He had assumed for so long that the mother had just not passed away. Uh, when he's informed of her passing, he says, oh, I had no idea that she passed, meaning he's never seen her. Right. So that's the, the story within the story is that the two of them are going to go try and find her mom. It's a, it's uh, like a sword and sorcery, what dreams may come, if you yeah. remember that it's Robin also, Williams it's, it's movie. Also a, uh, it's also a side quest. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, that is the Dark Lord. You must defeat him. By the way, go this way yeah. and go find we your got, mom. We got, we got something else You got to get do. some XP. So Reborn number two, again, just as good as number one. Oh, yeah. Um, Moonshine number two, Brian Azzarillo and Edward Rizzo's uh, story of trying to bring Super Hooch up to New York City. Uh, there's more intrigue in this book as kind of there's doings and dealings and... and uh, Old gangster stuff. Oh, yeah, old gangster stuff. And then, of course, if you've read the first issue, there's also werewolves. Yes. Um, uh, really, really bizarre mashup of two completely dissimilar yeah. genres and it works out so well yeah it does because it's not really the, the, the werewolf part of it is such a small part I yes. mean, it really is uh a gangster book of trying to it's a prohibition yeah prohibition but also you know the he's not going to send the hooch but someone you know I might, i'll betray the gang and send it and he's not sure if he should be even be bringing it up there because of what he's seen down here like these aren't people we want to mess with just leave this alone Really well done. The dialogue, as always, with Azarello is fantastic. It's very gangstery, very old-timey. Yeah, he knows how to do this um, crime fiction really yeah. well. And Rizzo's art, as always, yeah, amazing. Yeah, gorgeous. gorgeous. There's, some, there's some pretty gory stuff in here. There's some nasty stuff Yeah, if stuff you're a here. fan of the horror, then you will not yeah. be disappointed by the by the level of... Or if you're a fan of noir. And if you're a fan and of and noir, the same too. Thing. Almost, the, almost the 70s, 80s-esque gore yeah. to it. Uh, like and the last one I want to talk about is actually from last week, Green Valley number two. This is Max Landis's fantasy book with uh, Giuseppe Camicoli doing the art. Uh, in the first issue, we have this group of almost like super knights that have never been defeated. Yeah. And they piss off the wrong person and their village is raised to the ground. Here we're a few years later and they haven't done anything since. They've been stuck in this village. They've got some some tensions between them. And then a small boy shows up and tells them that there is a wizard who has... Uh, befallen his town with dragons and of course the knights don't believe it um you almost forget that in the first issue there is no supernatural in it they're just right. presented as knights that are really 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 good at killing people and that's yeah. why they've never been defeated the first book has got a very very much a serious like yeah. no 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 this is not uh this is not very king arthur-esque in fact the the boy who actually shows up reminds me very much of the old prince valiant yes and i think that's that might be intentional yeah. Um, or the kid in King Arthur's Court or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, and a lot of um, you may have rolled your eyes uh, hearing Max Landis's name, but I will say this. Max Landis is the kind of person who knows when to put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. Dis- so no, his stuff his, has been great. I mean, his I know... comics are fantastic. Yeah, I just uh, I just blew through Superman American Alien uh, last weekend or weekend before after the hardcover came nice. out that, that he wrote. And you know despite whatever else that his his craft and his work is fantastic he's written great superman stories i mean that yeah. american alien in terms of deconstructing what it means to be clark and what it means to be superman or what it means to be uh a hero is up there with for all seasons oh yes um, oh yes. for all seasons is still uh still my favorite and you know there's also of course uh, all-star superman that is a real Yep. definition of a superman story but american alien is up there as well there's some great books in it he did uh superman what is adventures of superman number 14 yeah he did with uh, he did superman with, dealing with, with the, super joker. the joker pure perfection yeah and both for why superman should be praised and 
the kind of confusion of why the Joker is so popular yeah. in terms of like an anti-hero to people, but a, a hero to people. Oh, the Joker's so cool. He's so amazing. I love the Joker so much. And it's like, what do you like? This guy's yeah. crazy. This guy's just a mass murderer. For yes. no, he doesn't even have a purpose for this. At least Magneto's trying to save his people. The Joker's just like, I'm crazy. Yes, it's, it very um, much takes to task the Joker culture, yeah. the culture of people That's who sort of idolize it. Harley Quinn and the Joker as these as these anti-heroes when in reality yeah. it's just a book they now like, have to change harley quinn because her her identity they're like uh we're not so comfortable with this she's she's been a bad person let's make her into sort of a good she, guy yeah she she blew up kids in one yeah. of her new 52 issues well if darth vader can kill kids yeah and Luke yeah, can that's still very, yeah that's very very true but green valley again really good the dialogue between the, these these knights that are struggling with their lot in life is fantastic i almost don't want to say anything i love the last page. I love the last. That. Yeah, it's. Got, I love the last page so much. Beautiful. I love Camicoli. I've been a fan of his since he did Dark Wolverine. Uh, he did that when Dakin took over the book or Dakin uh, Wolverine's son took over the book during the Dark Avengers time during Dark Reign and Marvel. Uh, I fell in love with his art there that those pieces when he's dealing with the Fantastic Four and the way he's manipulating everybody around him is great. And Camicoli's art's been incredible for it. He's also now kind of the go to guy for uh, Spider-Man. Um, as different artists have been in and out, Kamikoli's been doing kind of the fill-in or sh- uh, short arcs through Spider-Man as well. So Beautiful. the man has, has some great... And the, the coloring in this book. The coloring is great. Brings everything together. Um, yeah, this is definitely... If, if you like the first one, the second one really brings the, the, the story forward. And then, like I said, the last couple of pages made me like, no, 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 not, not... Don't end it here. No, yeah. Come I, on. I can't wait for the next seven issues. So. This is... Uh, this is a beautiful book it's uh, got a very very serious bend to it at least in the beginning there is more to come yeah and i just again for me it's max Landis. like despite your personal opinions on him if you follow him on twitter or if you go to his youtube page he tends to he tends to have a lot of controversy in both directions surround him yeah he rubs some people the wrong he does, way. he does rub people the wrong way but when it comes to him and now he's writing doing a comic, yeah he's redoing his father's uh, werewolf in london which will American be interesting Wolf. yeah the only thing that interests me is because he's doing it. It's sort of like, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I can't say that his movies are the best. I mean, his big success was Chronicle, was what put him on the map. But then he's had, like, I, Frankenstein, I think, is one of the mm-hmm. movies that they wrote based on, uh, what's it, American Ultra is another one that they used. They bought a script from him. Uh, yeah, American Ultra was his. American yeah. Ultra could have been interesting. And he's talked about how, you know, he's also somebody who's not afraid to talk about the Hollywood process and why it's like, here's a script I wrote. And what you see in the movie is maybe thirty percent or less. Of yeah, what I where you take wrote. a concept that when when you hear the concept for it sounds like an interesting idea, like something in American Ultra, and it just through that dilution of going through so many layers to get to screen. Yes, that concept gets changed or tweaked in a way that it yeah. just isn't presented another, another screenwriter comes in yeah and you know sometimes it's we can't go this far and we're scared there's a lot yeah. of different process to it so it, it's hard to it's hard to blame an original screenwriter when you have an original concept when you see something on the screen and go oh i haven't seen that very often or i haven't seen that at all and then it just doesn't work for what it is i think you sometimes can blame that long process sure and that that collaborative effort um, that needs to be there. I mean, you just, it's it's impossible to make a major, a mo- ma- bleh, major motion picture without a collaborative effort from a lot of different yeah. angles. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for pure undiluted Max Landis, yeah, Max then, Landis with a with a great uh, with the, a great artist. So. Yeah, uh, I I do I do implore you, you know, uh, put your beef aside and at least check out 
his uh, at least check out something like Superman, American Alien, yeah. or even this book if you're into the you know the medieval knights, you know almost like Arthurian legend. If yeah, you will. it's still got that that feel to it. So yeah, so um, I, I do I do I do say you know you know at least give it a try. Check out check out an issue one yeah. of something he's done, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. So that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, again, as always, we appreciate the sponsorship from Earth 2 Comics. Uh, we are recording, as always, in the back room of Earth 2 Comics Northridge. And we also appreciate being a part of the Nerdables family of podcasts, which, of course, starts with our parent podcast, our Nerdables podcast. There's our Deadcast for Walking Dead and Comictating. And there may be another one soon. I think Rich and I might just do a Star Wars cast since we've been talking about it on almost every episode. Give you guys an outlet. Yeah. Uh, it'd probably be like more subject uh, uh, oriented. Not book, even news. Just sort of like. Maybe? Yeah, a like book, yeah, there's out. a lot of books or some of our favorites. Or we'll take a character and just kind of wax poetic on, on a background character or something like that along those lines. So uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we will talk to you next week.